I'm Jeff Cook. And I'm TJ Wilson. And this is Around the Circle. I'm walking slowly. I'm taking my time. All I could talk in is starting to rhyme. I'm letting go along the letting go of strife. I just can't get enough of this beautiful life. The Enneagram is a map of the human personality. It's a tool for navigating relationships. It creates language for what motivates us. The Enneagram helps us look at the way that we look at everything else. Most importantly, the Enneagram is a mirror because sometimes you need help seeing yourself. My name is Jeff Cook. I am a philosopher, writer, and pastor in Greeley, Colorado. And with me is TJ Wilson, businessman, lover of theology, and Enneagram ninja. Hello. My man, we are talking about relationships again. Yep. Today, it's going to be about fighting and conflict. Yeah. Which I know are your favorite topics. Just let's get right into this. (laughs) I'm so excited. Any favorite movie fights? Uh, Right off the top of my head, one of the best movie fights of all time Mm. is when is actually it's basically all of Steve Martin's reactions in plane trains and automobiles. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I was I was thinking You're like with the wrong guy. When his his just unleashing mm-hmm. his like 7 minute tear down of <laughs> The lady uh, John at the airport. Can- I'm thinking of the John Candy one when oh. they're in the hotel. Oh sure. And he like Maybe your story should have a point. It makes it more interesting for the listener. It's just You're like one of those dolls with the string oh. and it's just blah, 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 blah. Awesome. <gasps> the most cutting re- reply to somebody who's being abusive. It comes out of John Candy. Yeah, so uh, it's perfect. It's just like tears him down at the knees right away. You know what? I like me. Like me. My customers like me. My wife likes me. Oh, and then they, they circle back around. Devastating. John Hughes. That's one of the John Hughes movies that really stands up. Planes, trains, and automobiles, man. That's that's in the DVD player every Thanksgiving. Yep. <laughs> My favorite movie fight. I don't know if you've seen The Kingsman. Yeah. But the church scene. Yes. Is amazing. I lost my mind. Dunning. I got chills from head to toe. Yeah. Through the whole thing, I knew exactly what they were doing. I was like, oh. Yeah. They're going here. Yep. All right. We're going to Quentin Tarantino this sucker. (laughs) (laughs) So good. If you have not seen uh, The Kingsman, it's one of those movies that unless somebody told you, hey, you should probably watch this movie, you'd probably miss it. Mm -hmm. My wife doesn't like this movie. That's fair. But, man. It's not not a great movie, but it is a very enjoyable one. That's, I think yeah. that's a good way. If yeah. you, if you, it's, it's a, I always told people at the time it was a James Bond, Harry Potter mashup directed by Quentin Tarantino. Sure. Yeah. And if you're into that, here you go. Yep. It works. <laughs> yeah. Uh, better question. Do you have a favorite broken relationship song? <laughs> Do it. <laughs> I like so I came prepared because I know that you know that I know the best broken relationship song, which is clearly Do You Wanna Hurt Me by the Culture Club. <laughs> so we don't even need to go much further than that. That's it. That's the one. We'll just it's, leave it there. It's just a mic drop. We don't have it. Yep. We'll just stay there. <laughs> Rightly mocked and ridiculed <laughs> by 
Adam Sandler's last great movie, The Wedding's Here. He's had a couple that were pretty good since then. Actually, I don't even know. I'm, I'm making <laughs> stuff up, actually. <laughs> Kelly, when I asked Kelly this, she said, it's all of Beyonce's lemonade. That's all you need to yeah. know. <laughs> actually, yeah, she's right. Yep, she's right. The, uh, I am a big fan of uh, Take a Look at Me Now by, by the Phil Collins. Sure. Or the actual breakup song that I associate most with high school is Black by Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. I think that album just came out around that time and that got played quite a bit. That and probably anything by the Counting Crows. Yeah, he, basically. He's, he's well, probably okay. moving on. Up until they got famous and rich. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They got happy. It's yeah. Like, Where did and this come like, from? This is terrible. <laughs> Why are you listening to so much country music and allowing it to influence your is that steel guitar? Was, I have no idea. I stopped a, listening to them after the music change. So. <laughs> so, um, here's the thing. The Enneagram is often symbolized by nine numbers in a circle. And here we're going to pick a topic and we're going to go around that circle. And today we are continuing our series on relationships and we are talking about how each type engages disappointment and wrestles with problems in relationship. Um, I read this this week to set us up for where we're going. Marriage isn't a noun. It's a verb. It's not something you get. It's something you do. And it seemed to me that could be applied to any of our relationships. It doesn't have to be married. Right. But there is something about our relationships that aren't something I possess. They are active and that action continues and continues and continues until it doesn't. Mm-hmm. And so thinking of our relationships as something we do is more important than thinking of it as something, you know, we possess. Right. Um, all meaningful relationships. In fact, the depthier you get in a relationship, all meaningful relationships inevitably experience conflict. So how do you do conflict with the people who are most important to you in life? is actually one of the most important things you can ask. And that can be really difficult for all of us because we come to conflict in very different ways. And even if you like conflict and feel real comfortable there, it's likely the case that many of the people in your life don't and are not as comfortable with that. And knowing that about conflict matters, Mm -hmm. or perhaps you don't like conflict, but you know that it's really important to engage conflict. Um, Obviously, we've talked a lot about nines, your nineness, uh, your type, and there is an aversion to conflict. Yep. What, just from from your perspective, do you have any wisdom to offer just on the on the front side about about conflict in life? Well, um, like particularly thinking from that nine perspective, and and from the the time that I've spent studying this this general concept, like like we, my people avoid conflict, but it's about wanting peace and harmony and and we want things to go smoothly. But for life reasons and everyone goes through this, like conflict happens. Conflict is, is part of people bumping into each other and, and we don't have control over the other circumstances in our world. Rain can be conflict. And like, there's, there's just, it's, it's everywhere Mm. in the world that we live in. And so learning how to navigate what, when things don't go your way. Yeah. And when you bump into things that, that, that keep you from getting what you want or, uh, hinder anything about your life, you experience conflict and how, how we handle that 
I nines try to avoid it, but but like we can't, and everyone can't avoid conflict in their lives. It seems to me on that front, you can get a real clear sense of where you're at in life by how you handle disappointment sure. and conflict. Yeah. Um, I know when I'm at my most unhealthy, uh, when something small happens mm-hmm. and I just erupt, mm-hmm. it's actually about something else. Right. It's not about the small thing. I remember taking my um, son, I may have shared this story with you recently, but I took my son to the hospital a few years back mm-hmm. and we were there all night long. We got home like at three in the morning and it, was, it wasn't it was a good situation. And my neighbors uh, don't have a very good relationship with one set of my neighbors and some of the uh, young uh, one of their oldest children, their friends came over, pulled up into the driveway, started honking their horn to have, um, you know, it was, they were going to school. They were picking somebody up. Sure. And I got woke up because, you know, so it was seven in the morning. They're honking their horn. Right. Kid doesn't come out. They start honking their horn again. Yeah. I get, I get out of bed. Yeah. I walk over to my neighbor's driveway. Yeah. And I knock on the window. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you can get up. And knock on their door. Yeah. And then they gave me an excuse. It's like, well, I tried, but then I didn't. So I started honking and I just unleashed yeah. on yeah. this kid yeah. in, the, in the front. I was, I was like, just get up, knock on their door. There's people trying to sleep. And it came out really bad. It came yeah. out so bad that he came to my door 30 minutes later, knocked on the door. And I came and I started yelling at him again and then he left and I felt so embarrassed afterwards. I was just like, and I was, I was up for anyway, but I was in a a very bad spot. The conflict spilled over in these awful ways. Right. And it was actually a sign to me. I'm really not healthy right now. Mm. (laughs) What are you doing with your life? You need to go on a walk. You need to pray a little bit. You need to center yourself in some, some good things. Cause, cause this this doesn't work. Yeah. And uh, it has everything to do with how you react to the conflict. It's not whether or not there is conflict. Yes. Because there always is conflict. Yes. It's how you reacted to that. So that's one thing about conflict that always hits me is how we fight. How we fight is vastly more important than anything that we fight about. Mm-hmm. You can yep. talk about a uh, thing that we always, you know, get in an argument about X, but how you talk about X is vastly more important than than topic X. And we yeah. do, we elevate X all the time. Yeah. But X doesn't matter. Yeah. Because you're in relationship and relationships are something you do. Right. And how do you do that? That ends up being, I think, wisdom to be found yeah. in our relationships. Absolutely. Um, is it the case that, that conflict is a sign of unhealth? No. Yeah. Talk, talk about that. Well, I like we said, conflict can exist anywhere. It it comes from all we all have our own agendas and wills and things that we're trying to accomplish and we bump into other people. That's just how life works and and conflict is just part of that. Um we so um what we just said, how you react to the conflict has more to do with your health or dishealth than the fact of conflict. One of the things that I've been wrestling with is that disappointments will, you can't avoid disappointments. Right. Um, the Buddhist line actually on this is that you get rid of your desires and then mm-hmm. you don't, won't have any di- disappointments. Mm-hmm. I don't know that, I don't know that that's healthy either. It may sure. be. There are some things you should certainly get your desires away from, 
but desiring the health of my kids, desiring, you know, to, to have a good night's sleep. These aren't bad. Sure. Desiring to have one meal a day. This isn't a bad desire. Um, and it may be the case that some people are disappointed by not getting the thing that they want. How you handle disappointment often comes out in our relationships because we can be disappointed with the other person. Right. Um, but that's not a sign of unhealth. Yeah. How do you navigate and communicate through your disappointments? And how do you cope with, wrestle with the problems? And we're, this is the bigger part of what the Enneagram is about. We all see the world differently and we all approach the world differently. And um, so you may have a, a way that you're certain that this is the right way to do something and someone else is certain that their way is the right way to do something. And you're, you can both be right the conflict comes from the fact that you're you're different and your health is going to dictate whether or not that conflict is a problem. Yeah. It's worth noting that when you see two really, really healthy people mm-hmm. in community with each other for, for a long time who learn how to navigate conflict together, mm-hmm. it's not that they don't end up having places that they're really disappointed Mm-hmm. But because they're so healthy, they are able to, with their their souls in, in good spots, their minds understanding the world, you know, getting in, in touch with their physicality and, and the emotions that they have that are, you know, filling their bodies, are able to process in good and healthy ways. And that seems to me to be the target. Yeah. Is I want to be that kind of person. Yep. And I want my relationships to look like that. Yep. And I don't want to live in this place where I'm always feeling tense or like I've disappointed this other person or I'm angry at them or they have placed me in a position of, you know, of shame or fear. Right. Um, Enneagram seems to have quite a bit to offer on this front um, because it is stellar at predicting how each of the types engage conflict. Mm -hmm. And that's where we're going today. So Enneagram is about motive, about desires, about getting what we want. So how do each of the types navigate disappointment, especially at the hands of those we love most? That's what we're going to be talking about today. So as we said last week, there's a problem with going around the circle when you talk about relationships and the specific numbers. If we were to talk about fives and sevens and eights and nines and nines and fours, there are 36 different combinations, and that would take way too much time to go around the circle with. However... Uh, we can break down all of these numbers, these types, into triads, and that's what we're focusing on here. So last week, we ended up talking about stance uh, and how we get what we want, and today we are talking coping styles, and next week we're hitting affect groups, mm-hmm. which is what? Sort of like uh, how we uh, give and receive affection. All of these things are going to build our relationships in terms of how the person in our life uh, fights, gets affection, and how they get what they want. One word before getting into this. Uh, The word reactive is used both in stances and in coping styles. So in stances, reactive refers to what? It's the reactive stance is the ones, twos, and sixes. This is also uh, compliant is another word, or dependent. A word we use a lot with the reactive stances is earning, 
And it's because they are reacting to the things around them. That's what it is specifically in the stance. Now, we're going to use the word reactive in this podcast frequently as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, Another word for it is what? Uh, Emotional response. So every time we say reactive in this podcast, maybe translate it emotional response. Yeah. And then I'll get you where you need to go. Yep. Because this time we're going to be, when we use the word reactive, we're referring to fours, sixes, and eights. Yep. So mm-hmm. how would you define coping styles? Um, this is is a set of, of three types that all sort of react in similar ways when we experience disappointment, when we, when we don't have control or um, when we bump into other people and it disrupts our life. Uh, so, so those three different ways are uh, you have a reactive types, which is fours, sixes, and eights, that uh, theirs is about an emotional reaction and how I relate to another person in conflict. Uh, you have the competency group, which is ones, threes, and fives. And this is how they relate to, uh, they want to solve problems with uh, competency, efficiency. Um, let's, let's, let's figure out the right solution for this situation. And then you have the positive outlook group, the twos, nines, and sevens, who want to solve problems by pretending it's not there. Bang. We all defend ourselves against what we experience as loss. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes with our type, that's how it comes out. Yep, It's going to come out spending things positive. It's going to come out spending things in a way that I cut off my feelings and I push real hard into logic in my head um, or I'm going to react really strongly with emotion because I need an emotional response from, from the world around me, something like yeah. that. The, um, we are going to be using the great book by Riso and Hudson, which is the wisdom of the Enneagram. They spend all the three or four pages on this, mm-hmm. but they are, they are worth the price of the book. Yeah, they're real um, good. And this has actually been one of the things that has been most helpful to both of us about navigating relationships. We can talk about different types and motivations and things all, all day long, but the thing that when everything is going well in a relationship, we don't necessarily need to know how to navigate that. When there's problems, that's where we need to know how to navigate our relationships and coping styles has been some of the most valuable information for us. Mm. So let's start with the positive. Great. Positive is going to be two sevens and nines. Yes. They are the positive outlook group. Again, the way that Riso and Hudson describe this is uh, two sevens and nines respond to difficulty and conflict by adopting a positive attitude and reframing disappointment. They may tend to deny that they or others have a problem and elevate the uplifting aspects of life when faced with setback. Um deny you have a problem. So let's say that you have some, so we'll just talk about a relationship in which those in the relationship are both two sevens and nines. Mm -hmm. They're one of those. They're a combination of those three numbers. Yeah. Um, What are going to be some of the good things about this pairing and how they come to navigate problem? Well, the obvious good thing is that we pretty much always get along. Right? Yeah. We never fight about things. And when, when conflict does come up, both of us are going to react in a very similar way and just like kind of back off and like, let's move on to something fun. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be a good 
uh, approach to conflict. Yeah. I imagine the other numbers are going to look at y'all with like envy. On, yeah. <laughs> I wish I could do that. Or, uh, or why wouldn't you solve that thing? Why are like, like I can imagine other uh, more aggressive types looking at that and being like, what, why are you ignoring this problem? Okay. It's just going to get worse. So it seems like that would be the negative side of this. Sure. Is I imagine the positive outlook group have a tendency to overlook problems. Uh, Absolutely true. Allow yes. them to fester. Yes. But, and also sometimes like it, there's, there's a middle ground there because the, sometimes you ignore problems because they're not that big a deal. And once you get through the sort of, initial reaction to mm -hmm. some kind of bubble bumping into another bubble, then it's not that big a deal after once you get through it. Yeah. So ignoring it for a little while will can sometimes be great. Yeah. Cause we don't have to fight about something stupid. Yeah. When it's not something stupid, that's when it's a problem because then you're just ignoring something that's going to continue to be an issue. So let's go there for a second. Yeah. Because that's what strikes me as the primary problem mm -hmm. with this way of addressing problems yeah. is that what are the tools that a 279 need when there actually is a problem that needs to be addressed and how does, how does that work in a relationship? Mm -hmm. A big thing that I've noticed is, is discernment is the ability to to recognize the difference between something that um, is going to go away on its own and something that's not going to go away on its own. Uh, sure. Uh, so, so instead of automatically saying this isn't a problem, you might spend some real time figuring out if it's a problem or not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If it's something stupid like they loaded the dishwasher wrong, then maybe maybe you ignore it. Yeah. If it's something bigger like they loaded the dishwasher wrong and every time it happens it ruins a dish, then there's probably something that needs to be solved there. Mm. The stance, but we can do this because there's just three numbers, but mm -hmm. the stances are all different here. Yep. Uh, twos are present focused, yeah. uh, nines are past focused, and sevens are future focused. Mm -hmm. When you talk about discernment, what goes through my mind is that, that mm -hmm. the twos may have a real hard time with discernment Yeah. Um, given their thinking repression. The nines are going to say, well, this is how things worked in the in the past, and sevens are, are going to be future oriented. Yep. The, the way discernment works in terms of your... Uh, how you are related to time is going to matter right? Uh, in terms of how you discern problems and work through them. Right. So, and there's a good chance that, and in like a lot of situations, you might need an outside source, someone who's looking at this, that's not in the problem mm -hmm. to help say, to help point out what's actually happening here. Yeah. What stood out to me when thinking about this was that pushing into the stance of your partner or the stance of the other mm -hmm. in this situation, mm -hmm. this person, when seeking discernment for the problem is going to be future oriented. I need to elevate that because I'm a past oriented person sure. or I'm a present oriented person. I need to honor the perspective that's being elevated about how things used to have gone in, in the past mm -hmm. and allow that to inform. Anyway, the finding some differences there would allow for the positive outlook couple you know, um, or partnership 
yeah. you know, to, to move in a healthy way. Yeah. And, and there's, that's just one part of the, the great expanse of opportunity for the wisdom of the Enneagram to really show itself. Like mm-hmm. this is one of the places, the coping styles is one of the places where you see the interplay across the system so clearly because with coping style you have if you can lean into the stance of the other then you have a lot more wisdom to be able to understand how to navigate this thing yeah the stance as well as the intelligence center so twos sevens and nines are all in different centers and, and leaning into that as well will help inform what is the important to the other person? Why is this conflict happening in this way? And and knowing that they view the world differently, there's there's so much interplay here with coping styles. So. The again, I wanted to bring up a pop culture or even a contemporary culture example. Like, sure. what would this look like in practice? Yeah, um, one of the things across all six of the pairings that we're going to talk about. Um, it seemed to me that there was a presidential couple that really embodied that. And I only bring these up because oftentimes I get discouraged at, I'm in this relationship and I don't know if the relationship has potential. And sometimes just saying, hey, these folks who have risen to the highest ranks of society have been honored, have been given power and authority, um, are, are generally seen as, you know, the best that our country has to offer at the time end up being worthwhile examples and the positive outlook couples. Um, there's two of them that in, and it makes sense given who they are and their place in history. And that's the Roosevelt's, uh, Franklin and Eleanor and the Reagan's Ronald and Nancy both seem to me, this is total speculation, but it seems to me that you have two folks who are both positive outlook, um, in nature. And it really comes out in their role in the culture at that time. Roosevelt is coming out of the great depression and obviously, um, engaging World War II, and there has to be a, you know, it's dynamic optimism, you know, flowing out of him. And Reagan also is post Watergate. Um, there, it's the middle of a recession, and having that energy of it's morning in America um, actually is is a great good for the country and himself. Yeah. On the very flip side, I don't know if you have thoughts on that. I don't. Uh, a, a quick note for our listeners. I don't know anything about presidents, and I especially don't know anything about our president's wives. So uh, this is really, I, I might react to some of the things that Jeff says, but he's studied this. I have not. So it's okay if you're, if you don't know anything about presidents and their wives. I'm going to nerd well. out for, for two seconds. Totally fine. Just Go. To- <laughs> yeah. The pop culture one, I couldn't find any pop culture ones because oh, you sure. need conflict for drama. Right. So the only uh, pairing that struck me ends up actually being out of a comedy, and it's the Dumb and Dumber duo. Oh, yeah. So Excellent. Yeah. Lloyd and Harry uh-huh. uh, find themselves actually in a bad situation. Yeah. That's it. I've had it with this dump. We got no food. We got no jobs. Our pet's heads are falling off. <laughs> The there is a conflict that happens. It's one of the few in the whole movie, and they have to solve this problem. Mm-hmm. And so one of them says, "Here's the adventure I want to go on." Yeah. It seems like Lloyd's a seven. Yeah, and Harry is saying, "You know, we need to calm down. We need to bring this down. Everything's going to be okay." Yep. And he's in, 
And all of a sudden, by the end, Harry merges. Yeah. It's like Lloyd says, You know what I'm sick and tired of, Harry? I'm sick and tired of having to eke my way through life. Sick and tired of being a nobody. But most of all, I'm sick and tired of having nobody. And then Harry feels the conflict. He's like, Okay, Lloyd. Aspen it is. And there and there it is. And then they're they're you know, they're riding that in that silly truck with yep. the the dog and everything is fine they're just going man (laughs) and they're going it's gonna be great it's a lot of good there yeah lots of things to elevate in that that kind of partnership anything else uh, about positive positive nah there's nothing to see here so (laughs) see here uh to go to another pairing of two folks who are in relationship who share the same coping style we're going to go to the competency group. Uh, competency is going to be one, uh, ones, threes, and fives. Riso and Hudson define this group um, and say ones, threes, and fives learn to deal with difficulty by putting aside their feelings and striving to be objective, effective, and competent. They seek to solve their problems logically and expect others to do the same. And they call that the competency group. Yeah. Um, and so anything to say about, about those three numbers, one series and fives, uh, whereas, uh, the positive outlook group says there isn't a problem here, or we're going to ignore this problem because it's going to go away on its own. The, the competency group wants to come up with the correct solution for the problem that is directly in front of them. That was, they had a shorthand way of thinking about this. It was that ones want to uh, solve it right. Mm-hmm. Uh, threes want to achieve the goal. Fives yep. want to to do the right thing based on data. Yep. It was something like that. Yep. And it's really easy to see that because it's so clean. It's a mental process. Yeah. And that's where that's where they're pushing. Yeah. Um, I'm clearly in one of these relationships sure. uh, with my wife and with my youngest son. Um, the relationships that I have with both of them, when we experience conflict, we easily navigate these things in that way. Right. It doesn't mean that we come to the same answers and that actually becomes a lot of our processing of problems ends up being a very mental, um, experience, mm-hmm. but it's still the case that we are dialoguing mm-hmm. or we're fighting at times. Uh, there, there, there is conflict, but it's resolved in a very different kind of way yeah. because there is a correct solution. And we need to figure out what the correct solution is. Yeah. And each of you has your own idea about what that solution is. And that's how, and that's how we, that's a, a lot of the energy in, in our home. Yeah. So that seems to me a positive. If you were thinking about the positives of those in relationship who have a problem, who are part of these three numbers in dialogue with one another, what do you see there? Well, I think that, that objectivity and, and like coming to a solution, uh, it, if if this was a regular part of my life, my life probably would have gone a lot differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like because I ignore a lot of problems, and um, the idea of of uh, aggressively and intentionally trying to solve problems that are in front of us is um, like like you get a lot of stuff done and have the potential to move through things in much clearer and quicker ways of saying, here's here's the problems in front of us. Here's the ways that we are bumping into each other. And we can and will solve this mm-hmm. so that the problems go away. So, yeah. The bad side of this. Yes. Uh, what are some potential negatives or things that this sort of pairing is going to need to watch out for? 
it seems to me like it would be quite common for these types to have a really hard time accepting someone else's solution. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. so I, because I have clearly put aside my feelings and, and I am coming to this from the most right place, then my solution is the one that we're going to do. And yep. I don't understand why you don't see it my way. Yep. That, that's where my mind goes also. Yeah. It's when the understanding of what is right for ones, what is the goal for the threes? Mm-hmm. What is the data for the fives? When that becomes in conflict, yeah. then the energy is going to be very elevated in terms of there's going to be a debate that occurs and it's always going to center on um, the rightness, the goal or the the data. It may not actually ever get articulated that well. Right. So that's the thing that goes through my head is you need to say, here is the thing I'm elevating in my heart and out of my type mm-hmm. is this goal is really important to me. Yep. Um, and there's, there's also the past, present, future separation there. Yep. Each type has a different orientation of time. Yeah. Each type is in a different stance. Um, but the, the, the lack of, of feeling or the perceived lack of feeling in that could easily become a huge problem because because we're divorcing ourselves from feeling so that we can solve this problem competently. And therefore my rightness doesn't have anything to do with whether or not you're hurt by it. This is the right solution of the problem. And it doesn't matter if your feelings are hurt. What's crazy to me on this front, I'm thinking repressed, but I solve problems in this way. Mm -hmm. Um, I am, a body type whose secondary center is my heart. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still the case that I'm most comfortable solving problems by divorcing my feelings mm-hmm. and pushing real hard into my head. And so that's exactly right. Yeah. I'm most comfortable actually in my emotions and feelings and yeah. knowing how to navigate. But when it comes to conflict, I separate real hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if that's true of other ones. I imagine that's very true of threes who are also going to be feeling repressed. Right. And fives, how would that play out for a five? Well, it's, it's the same thing as ones just from a different center. So ones are, um, are sorry. Fives are, uh, head types that are feeling secondary. Mm -hmm. And so they easily retreat into that head space. Um, and it, it's it's the same kind of idea, just from a totally different perspective. Like our, our three centers of intelligence are interplaying all of the time. It just depends on which thing we're using it for. Mm. So fives in this objectivity idea, fives are most likely to be actually objective in general. So solving problems this way is most natural for them, but they are very easily divorced from their feelings because of it. So, boom. I don't have a good pop culture duo here. Sure. Um, I got from last time I had Jake and Elwood Blues, who are a one in a five, I think. But a, okay. a lot of the problems don't feel like they're solving them that way. I don't think the sure. screenwriters are going down that way. Right. We're on a mission from God, ends up being maybe there's a rightness there mm-hmm. for Jake. He has a religious experience in the church with James Brown. Right. And then he's like, the band. Yeah. And he gets real jazzed about it. And I suppose Elwood needs to catch up with that and say, the band? Yeah, yeah the band. And um, But when they navigate conflict, it's, 
Well, actually, well, you know, like there isn't that much conflict between the two of them. I guess that's that's true. Yeah. Although in intense situations when they're in the car, they're getting chased by 80 cops. Yeah. They're both just stone face. Yeah. So divorce. Yeah. <laughs> divorce divorce feelings. only feelings. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that could be a thing. Uh, my other one was Jamie Lannister and Brienne of Tarth, which are who? Game of Thrones characters. <laughs> but they push, the screenwriters push real hard into their feeling centers when, when they are navigating conflict. If this is true, why didn't you tell anyone? Why didn't you tell Lord Stark? Stark? You think the Honorable Ned Stark wanted to hear my side? He judged me guilty the moment he set eyes on me. It's mostly coming to terms with who they are and the development of their characters. Sure. And so the way that they navigate conflict. I mean, Brianna Tarth is, is actually, it's all, this is what's right, this is what's right, this is what's right. Um, the obvious uh, presidential couple for me is the Clintons. Um, she's a one, he's, he's a three. Yeah. And they are uber nerds when it comes to policy. Yeah. And they love disconnecting from their emotions and engaging with their minds. Yeah. This was a big part of the, the criticism against her as a yep. presidential candidate is yep. that she doesn't have any warmth. Yep. Yeah. And she's not there for warmth. She's there to solve some problems. That's exactly right. Yeah. And so seeing at least again, as a pair notice how they're navigating things and the positives here and the negatives here. And that, and that seems to get exemplified in, in, uh, in that, in that pairing. Sure. And so, uh, moving on to the reactives. Yeah. Now, this becomes a real interesting pairing, and it's actually real common. Mm -hmm. I see a lot of times that, that folks who are either fours, sixes, or eights getting into relationships with, with one another mm -hmm. um, because of the way that they solve problems. Yeah. So the reactive group. Uh, Riso and Hudson, again, say this. They say fours, sixes, and eights react emotionally to conflict and problems and have difficulties knowing how much to trust others. These three types want to get an emotional response that mirrors their own. That's super huge. And yeah, that was enlightening for me. Yep. Um, they need uh, an emotional response that mirrors their own. In conflict, this group wants to deal with their feelings first. They often have difficulty balancing both their need for self-determination and their need for support from others. They simultaneously trust and distrust, and this comes out as emotion seeking a reaction. That's the dynamic of why why those three numbers in particular can be so emotional. Mm -hmm. The um, I am navigating the world yeah. by experiencing the emotions of others. So they fear, uh, they say, uh, Riso and Hudson say, they fear being betrayed and need feedback to assess where others stand. And so they are the reactive group. Uh, talk about these uh, three numbers. So yeah, we have uh, the positive outlook wants to pretend like the problem doesn't exist. The competency group wants to solve the problem. And the reactive group wants to deal with the relationship of the problem. So how does this problem affect you and I together? 
Uh, and this is ab- about their emotions first, about how their emotions are perceived on the other side, how the other person feels. Um, yeah, a, a focus on the the feelings and, and the, the interplay of you and I. Again, the way that Riso and Hudson describe the mental life of these four, these mm-hmm. three numbers, I found this real interesting, and I would love your thoughts on this. It was sixes will say things like, I feel really pressured, and I need to let off steam. Four say, I feel really hurt, and I need to express myself. Eight say, I'm angry about this, and you're going to hear about it. And again, it's here's the emotion mm-hmm. within, yeah. and then the emotion is coming out. Yeah. And then navigation in the world comes through how do those around me um, react to mm-hmm. to that emotion? Yep. Is that fair? Yeah. And, and um, almost as a test for all of them. And uh, like they're looking to know where they stand with the other person. Does the other person get what they're experiencing does the other person feel the same way or differently and and how how do we not necessarily solve this problem but how do we relate to each other within this conflict yeah yeah so a real common partnership i've seen especially in romantic couples is eights and sixes Mm -hmm. and it seems to just that there seems to be an initial magnetism there yeah. because the eight doesn't want to be betrayed and the yep. six wants to feel secure. Yep. And so, and sixes are naturally going to be very loyal yeah. or the loyalist yeah. and eights are naturally going to be very, uh, come across as very powerful in control and able to do all the things, stable which is, and protective, which yeah. is going to feed the security needs of a six. Yeah. And so boom, you're right there, but then you're in a relationship and then the emotions of the of the two begin to come forth. Right. And um, in the relationship then, understanding we both solve problems very emotionally, if you can just name that, yep. that matters. Yep. I would imagine a lot of times if there was uh, somebody who is in a relationship, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship. It can be your business partner. It can be your kid, you and your kid, or, or you and your parent. We solve problems emotionally. Yeah. We don't need to look at other people and how they solve problems and think that's who I'm supposed to be because that's not who you're going to be. And your solving of problems, your dealing with conflict is going to come out much more, you know, spectacularly (laughs) filled with all kinds of colors and it's out there and everybody can feel the energy much more so than a lot of other people. But that's fine that's your type. Right. And that's their type. Right. And you need to name, this is how we navigate conflict. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what this looks like. Um, but for, um, I would imagine similar to when we talked about stances and you have two reactive types, mm-hmm. uh, this is reactive in a different way. Uh, ones, twos, and sixes are reactive in their stance. They are reacting to the energy of those around them. You need some rules. You need some, hey, it's your turn to decide where we go to dinner. Right. You need some rules. This is how you were, it's your turn to start to initiate the conversation. It seems to me this would be real helpful for a four, six, eight. We are going to outline when we're sober and experiencing no drama. We're going to outline this is how we're going to fight. Yeah. Because both of us get real emotional. Yeah. And we need some, here's here's the boundaries yeah. or here's, you know, this just, this is how we do this. Right. Um, and sticking to that is loving the person who you live with. Yeah. Any thoughts on 
on the problems for for this pairing? Um, well, the we we keep using words like feelings and emotions, and and it's it's easy for us to automatically think of like like Sarah McLaughlin singing that horribly sad song in Toy Story Two. We're not talking about necessarily <laughs> being sad in emotions. I know it's an amazing song and if you don't cry at it you're a bad person. <laughs> but but notice that list of of four saying I am hurt and I need to express myself, but eights say I feel angry about this. Yeah. And so uh, I actually recently heard someone say that that eights experience all emotions as anger. Ooh. And like Ooh. that is just <laughs> My mind exploded. That was beautiful to that expression of that idea is that, that they, when they're sad, when they're, when they're hurt, when they're uh, happy, when they're like all, all emotions can be perceived through their anger first. Uh, so, so eights are not necessarily going to be the crying at Sarah McLaughlin types there, but the, it will come out of them as an angry expression. And so the, all of the different types of emotions that these, that conflict can cause, they come out in different ways. And, and it's not necessarily, I'm so sad because you hurt me. It's, it's all of the emotional expression comes out from these types and that's the thing that they're looking to address they're not looking to solve the problem they're looking to address their emotions Mm. and so so learning that reality and learning that their emotional reaction is not a bad thing and and being able to be present to that and and not hiding it from the other person it, it, because these emotional types are going to express they're going to experience and express their emotional reactions in different ways and so they need to be able to be honest or else they're just going to be missing each other yeah to push further into the 8 i imagine because the energy of the 8 is going to come out as anger mm-hmm. it's going to with relationships with a 4 with a 6 when the 8's going to have the tendency to be really angry at the fear or really angry at what the, the hurt or the melancholic side. Yeah. And that, that can be them caring about your fear. Right. It just comes across as I'm angry at the thing that you're afraid of. Right. Or even I'm angry at the tendency to be afraid Mm -hmm. or the tendency, the, Mm -hmm. I don't know what this would be for the four, but the, yeah, the, the, the vulnerable expression. Yeah. Yeah. And that can be care. Yeah. Um, it can also be a a trampling. Yeah. So, So, and that's, that's for the eight to really be aware of, right. Of themselves and how they posture towards those that they care for clearly. Um, the, uh, what I found recently with, um, I have a ton of friends who are eights and are routinely we're kind of dialoguing about things of this sort, but tell me if you think this is worthwhile advice. Um, identify the enemy or the problem outside of the, your loved one because mm. your anger is coming across at yes. them and their, their yep. emotion. Yep. You need to fight the, the, you need to name the enemy. Yeah. You need to put it on the wall mm-hmm. and you need to For say, everyone to see like, yep. like you can't just do that in your own head. Yes. Because if you only that's do it. it in your head, nobody else knows that you're angry at something else. That's what it is. Yeah. Eights 
are some of the smartest people or most quick people yep, I know. Absolutely. And that's exactly it. They can real easily live in their heads. Yep. And so they're angry at the thing that mm-hmm. they see in their heads, but yep. you can't see it out in the physical world. Right. Because they're doing the processing. Right. Inside, um, we were. I was talking about um, just budgets with with a, with a couple, and I was like, "You need to get the budget out of your head, put it on the wall. Yeah. Here's the the debt that you are wrestling mm-hmm. with. That's the enemy, yeah, and it needs to be on the wall. Yeah, <laughs> and when you defeat it, yeah, you can take a big you know red marker and scribble the hell out of it yeah. and allow that. But that because that's the enemy. Yeah, and so the sense of insecurity. Perhaps, or the the sense of I'm hurt by this enemy. It just needs to get named. It needs to be materialized, yep. and it's not that person. Right. It's this other thing. Anyway, right. fours and sixes. Uh, real quick, can you think of um, the dynamic between these two numbers in relationship? Well, there's there's going to be a really interesting dynamic with a four and a six um, because they're they're both. Um, and, and I think this is true for all three types, but it's more apparent in four and six that, um, there's a really weird sort of push pull. So, so sixes, it's about trust fours. It's about attention. Um, but it's, it's, um, with sixes, it's, it's, they're trying to hold themselves up as, as strong and capable and independent while also needing the security of an authority figure. And fours are trying to gain attention and it's often by playing hard to get. I didn't think about that in terms of the intelligence center, Mm -hmm. your problem solving is going to come into play here. Yeah. So I am um, what is it? I'm emotionally trying to get attention. Yeah. I'm emotionally trying to get security. Mm-hmm. I'm emotionally trying to get control. Right. That's what's going on with those three numbers in the reactive. Yeah. Triad. Yeah. Ooh. Well, and it's, it's true for all the others. Yeah. No. Yeah. And, right. Yeah. yeah. And so it'd be, I'm cognitively trying to get attention, control and security. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm positively trying yeah. to try, I'm yep. <laughs> trying to get, Attention, control, and security. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, well, maybe we can, I imagine that'll get played out in some of the numbers to come. Sure. This is, again, one of those, uh, pop culture-wise, there's not a lot of um, combinations here. There's a bunch of 8-8 eight, eight combinations because sure. yeah. you're going to oh, have yeah. people who are fighting. Yeah. So the, I bet there's a bunch of 8-6, and I bet there's a lot of 8-4 conflicts. I don't know about yes. good relationships represented there, yeah. but probably a lot of Conflict so, represented. So we talked four. about this last time that Kermit the Frog might be a nine or a four. Sure. He's withdrawn. But if he is a four, then that relationship with Piggy and eight, there is a there's an abusive Their side to that. Entire relationship is yeah. conflict. Yeah, but it, yeah. but that's how it is. It's yep. all emotion coming yep. from both those two characters. Um and so too with Arya Stark and the Hound. I, I mentioned this last time, but these are two eight characters in a medieval drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's you know a very young teenage girl, and one's a battle hardened you know warrior. And yeah. um, he's responsible for her, kind yeah. of, but he's not mature. Um, so, and they end up traveling across the country together, and their conflict is just constant. Yeah, you know, because of those two numbers, um, the presidential couple that struck out to me was was H. W. Bush, uh, the H. W. Bushes. Does that count? Um, George and uh, 
What's her name? Barbara. Barbara. That's it. Okay. Uh, I think she's an eight. She's got just all this, like, very much maternal. She is the mother of a president, a governor, and the wife of a president. And she's just, she is the queen bee of that family. Um, When she died, she wouldn't allow the president to come to her funeral. (laughs) It's like, that's, I'm going to be in control of all the things. Yeah. but he, I've seen lots of types with uh, H.W., George H.W. as a six. Mm. Um, very, he's CIA director. But that's a great role for, for a six. Right. Like, yeah. here's all the things that might go wrong. Yeah. Um, he is the vice president for eight years. Very loyal. Mm-hmm. Elevates the other guy. Um, ends up being, he's that six, nine grounding for Reagan. You know, he's got that grounding personality. And when he ends up, um, being president, when he gets in a war in the first Gulf War, he immediately says, we're getting 80 other countries on board Yeah, because this is not going to be me going it alone. Right. It's going to be, we're all in this together. Yep. And that's how I find security is with, within the tribe. Yep. And this is the tribe of nations, you know, kind of thing. But that dynamic is, you know, it seems like it's there mm-hmm. and his sickness comes out and his emotion is very tame. Sure in public. Yeah. Um, hers is not, but anyway, that's that kind of couple. Sure. So, uh, moving on to the combinations then. And so let's start with the positives and the competency. So there's a relationship between a two, seven or nine mm-hmm. and, and someone with a one, three or five type. Yeah. So one person is going to deny that they have problems in order to, wrestle with difficulties sure. and the other is going to cut off their feelings and solve problems logically. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some positives here? Uh, what are some, some good ways to see the dynamic at play, the energy at play between these two types of people? Well, I think they, they both offer something to the other that the other needs. So uh, the, the positive outlook group in the, like we're going to, there isn't a problem here. We're going, we're just going to, go on as though this problem will go away on its own. And sometimes we need the competency group to come and draw us out and say, there actually is something here that you need to solve and I'm going to help you do it. Mm -hmm. And on the other side, the competency group is looking to solve all of the problems because this is the thing that's in front of me right now. And the positive outlook group can come alongside them and say, you know what, maybe that isn't actually a big deal. And if you sort of let it go for a little while, it's, it might solve itself. Yeah. Yeah. There, the energy there, I think can be quite complimentary. Yep. And that's a, and that's a real good thing. Yeah. And when you learn to work with each other, when you learn to trust the other one, you can actually become to a very natural balance of the the positive outlook is going to automatically help us ignore the problems that don't need to be addressed. And the competency group is going to automatically help us solve the problems that need to be solved. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so speaking of people with this sort of dynamic, yeah, that would be you and me. Yeah, that's correct. And so we have no problems ever. Right. Um, yeah. That we navigate. Things. Everything's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. We don't deal with problems between us. We don't have problems in the rest of our life that interfere with what we're doing. It's there, fun. the, the thing that strikes me 
in terms of our relationship and and relationships that I sell, I share with sevens and twos, um, is the energy gained from positive outlook folks. I always, I always really appreciate, Mm -hmm. um, it, um, allows me to set aside problems that I'm wrestling with in my head, perhaps, um, in, and embrace just let me rest for a moment in seeing the world yeah. a different way. Yeah. Cause anytime you quote unquote, see a problem, mm-hmm. problems are always value judgments, right? There's no objectivity to quote unquote, a problem. Mm-hmm. Problems are things that we decide need to be addressed. Yeah. I routinely have the posture of, this needs to be addressed. This mm-hmm. needs to be improved. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing that I appreciate most about those who have, a, uh, you know, are part of the, their two sevens and nines is their standards for what qualifies as a problem are far, you know, looser. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. this isn't quite there yet is actually real helpful for me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't think we should worry about that yet. Yeah. And it actually is a check. Yeah. And I'm like, well, maybe we shouldn't worry about this. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, and, and thinking about the, the the different types represented in the competency group, it's probably particularly useful for ones to have someone point out that they're the only ones that actually see that thing, and the thing they're trying to solve is not going to affect anyone else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I see that in in our relationship all the time, that you are, are working really hard to solve a particular problem, and sometimes, you know what? No one's going to be affected by that besides you. And it's okay if it doesn't get solved. Now, I imagine that's true as well to move around the circle to threes. Threes Mm -hmm. likely are also making value judgments. It's this goal is what needs to be achieved. Right. And that's not objective. That is a subjective, I want to accomplish this goal. Yeah. And the value you place on that goal is going to be relative. Right. And so sometimes a positive outlook person speaking to a three might say, I think you need to calm down about that goal. Yeah. It may not be as important as you if think. If you don't get there, it's going to be okay. How does that work for a five? A five is going to say, this is the data. This is what, these are the facts. Um, I suppose what facts qualify as important is a value judgment. Mm-hmm. But Well, and, and coming from that place of the, they're, the thing that they're looking for most of all is security. Oh, there you go. Yep. And so, so drawing out, like you are working really hard to solve a problem, but if you look, so using the money example from before, if you were trying to solve the problem of your finances, but you haven't looked like positive outlook comes alongside and says, Hey, look at your actual bank account. Mm -hmm. You're fine. It's going to be okay. Yeah. There you go. Now on the flip side, going around the circle with two sevens and nines, Mm -hmm. twos need one, threes, and fives to do what? So twos are going to be moving into uh, ignoring the problem by trying to be helpful, to by trying to, to take care of the other people, to say, there's not a problem here, I'm just going to love you. And uh, sometimes that overly affectionate or, or um, mothering kind of posture um, and I mean that in the negative sense, like mothers aren't bad. The overly mothering kind of thing 
can be suffocating in problems. It can be, it can be destructive in the way that they're ignoring things. Codependence is a huge problem for twos. And so the ones, threes and fives are going to be able to come alongside and say, there is a problem here and, and you being helpful, you being nurturing is not going to solve that problem. So let's, let's, let's elevate thinking to be able to, to figure out what the right solution is as opposed to just trying to love more. Yeah, yeah. that's good. How about sevens? Sevens need one, threes, and fives. Yeah, uh, to I mean, honestly, to come back to what's in front of them. Uh, so sevens constantly moving aw- uh, away. I'm not going to deal with this problem because I'm going to go on to the next thing. Uh-huh. And so sometimes they're running away from things that have to be solved or else it's a it's a bomb waiting to go off yeah 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 and so so drawing them back into into the present into what is in front of them into the way that their behavior affects other people and say there's a problem here let's let's do this and then we can move on to the next thing mm-hmm. yep yeah, and in the same way nines need to come awake we need to wake up we need to to stop we need to be drawn into Conflict is not inherently bad. And if we solve this problem, then the conflict will go away. Mm. And there you go. Yep. The uh, handful of pop culture characters here, because this is the more complimentary. You have a, you know, you have characters who one are going to be very positive, others competent, and there's the dynamics there. So the, one that we talked about last time was Kirk and Spock have that adventurous yet tempered by data pairing sure. that creates a great dynamic on a yeah. starship. Yeah. Um, the one that stood out to me because it's a place of conflict and I thought it was so interesting. It's from the Jurassic Park mm-hmm. and it's the guy who's created Jurassic Park. Yeah. whose name's John Hammond. Yeah. And he is the seven, you know, who is just so excited yeah. about creating all the things. Oh, it's going to be so much fun. We right? can make dinosaurs. That's how that goes. And, so, and then you invite the dinosaur experts in Yeah, who are much more, here's, here's the, I need to understand this right. sort of stuff. So when the dinosaurs get loose, when the monsters get out of the cage, um, and the seven's children or grandchildren in this case mm-hmm. are being chased by the dinosaurs and he's having to wrestle with that. Yeah. There's a great dialogue between he and, uh, the doctor whose name is Ellie Sattler. What's her name? Laura Dunst, Laura. I can't remember that actor. Uh, Laura Dern. Dern. That's yeah. it. Um, and they're eating the ice cream. Um, and he, the seven says, who better to get the children through Jurassic Park than a dinosaur expert. Yeah, perfect. He's reframing it yeah. in this positive It's going to be fine. There's um, a dinosaur expert out there. <laughs> Who so, doesn't trust Sam Neill? And then he talks about the fleas. You know the first attraction I ever built when I came down from Scotland? It was a flea circus. Quite wonderful. We had uh, a wee trapeze and a carousel and a seesaw. They all move, motorized, of course, but uh, people would say they could see the fleas. Oh, I can see the fleas. Mommy, can't you see the fleas? This place, I wanted to show them something that wasn't an illusion, something that was real. And Sattler says, But you can't think through this one, John. You have to feel it. And she invites him into, you know, that heart space. Mm-hmm. 
Um, that's very different for a seven because th- she's exactly right. You can't think your way through this as right. a seven. Right. And, sp- and I'm totally convinced that Steven Spielberg is a seven and ends up having a lot of himself in that, that, uh, that character, the, sure. the John Hammond character. Um, and she says about the dinosaur park. It's still the flea circus. It's all an illusion. When we have control again. You've never had control. That's the illusion. We're looking toward the future when we have control again. And she's like, listen, these are dinosaurs, (laughs) man. You'd never have control over dinosaurs. That's not like you're, you're looking for a future that doesn't exist. She gets real focused on the problem that needs to be solved intellectually in the moment. And he's like, well, one day we're going to have control. It's going to be so great. No, you're not. And she's like, there's people who are dying. They're being eaten by dinosaurs. (laughs) And she grabs the ice cream, takes a big spoonful of it. Like she needs the positive. Yeah. And he's offered her ice cream. Yep. And he needs the data. Yeah. You know, or he needs the solutions, the mental solutions. And that's what she's offering. And there's the dynamic. Ah, I so I so like that. Anyway, as a here's here's the banter between positive outlook and competency group. I like that. Um, the Obamas strike me as this couple. Sure. Um, Barack strikes me as a nine, and is commonly listed as a nine, and Michelle is a one. And a lot of the dynamic, I think we we may have said this in the past, but a lot of the energy from their relationship seems to come out of the idealism actually of Michelle, mm-hmm. and his natural abilities seem to put a face on that and move. But I, they seem to me real tight in terms of their, we're going to do this together. Yeah. Anyway, any thoughts on that? I think that those are great examples. Positive and reactive. Yeah. So now we're going to those, uh, pairings that are twos, sevens and nines who are partnered with fours, sixes, or eights. Again, the positive outlook group is going to be two sevens, nines who deny that they have a problem and reactive group who react strongly and need responses from others. Um, so anything that comes to mind here in terms of just the natural energy between those who are positive and those who are reactive? Uh, there's going to be, uh, as as is the case with all of these, there's going to be a lot of really good positive things that come out of this and a lot of really good potential pitfalls that come out of this. And uh, some of the positives being that the positive outlook is going to be able to, to draw out the um, not sort of sitting in the quagmire. Um, so so uh, the reactive group can kind of get stuck sometimes. Mm. Uh, because we need to we need to address the emotions of this and and they they can get stuck there and the positive group is going to be like no that this actually isn't a big deal we can move on uh, and vice versa the the positive outlook group is going to typically ignore their feelings and the feelings of others and the reactive group is going to be able to draw that emotional place out of the positive group and 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 say there there is something real here that we need to address yeah yeah so the i think you're hitting both the positives and negatives there real Mm -hmm. cleanly so going i mean we can just go around the circle with those the twos need from so twos who are positive outlook Mm -hmm. need from the fours sixes and eights in their lives with what they need from these types Twos are going to be um, most disconnected from from their own feelings, 
And so the the reactive group is going to be able to really help the two get in touch with their own emotion uh, because the, the reactive group is looking for the reaction from the other person. If the two doesn't have a reaction, then that, that conflict won't be addressed. So if the, the, the reactive group is going to be able to help facilitate, draw out what the two actually feels about what mm, happened. Yeah. Don't ignore this problem. How do you feel? This is how I feel. How do you feel? Oh, that's so good. Talk about that with twos real quick. Cause that may not be as known in terms of not getting in touch with their own feelings mm-hmm. because they're, they're, focus on the other person. They yeah. they want to solve the other person's problems. They want to be needed in order to be loved. So they put their own stuff aside. They ignore it. Uh, and, and oftentimes twos are unaware of what they feel. Yeah. And so that's why, and that's the good, the four, six or eight brings. It's like who are so in tune with what they feel. Right. So we're going to bring that. That's real interesting. Cause I do know a bunch of couples there are two, four or two, eight pairs. Mm-hmm. Uh, romantic couples. Yeah. Um, and I imagine that's a huge part of the inner life of yeah, that couple. Absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. Sevens, what do sevens need from four, sixes, eights? Um, well, sevens are, are most easily going to ignore the feelings of other people. Yep. Uh, and, and again, that, that sort of moving on posture is, uh, so, so the four, six and eight is going to say, no, we're not ignoring my feelings. Mm. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay, so and nines have uh, nines need and to react. Nines, uh, a lot like twos, are out of touch with their own, um, but it's it's from that place of laziness. It's from it's easier to ignore my own stuff than to assert myself. So the four, six, and eight is going to require that sort of balance. I'm going to say how I feel, and then you're going to say how you feel. Mm. And so drawing them out into action, into we can't ignore this conflict because there's something here that has to be solved. Just being in the rhythms of your life, um, Mm -hmm. I see you hiring, you're clearly married to, Mm -hmm. and a handful of coworkers who end up being reactive types. Mm -hmm. So you seem to be surrounded by this. Yeah. I like fours. Yeah. I'm a magnet for fours. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know why, but... um, I, I think that I very easily relate to these types because they they express themselves in ways that I don't know how to. Oh, interesting. So, so they yeah. they provide an example for me. Okay. It's like, oh, I can act I can do that too. Oh, it's what engagement looks like for mm-hmm. you. Yep. In a personal, here are my emotions, here's my artistic self yeah, uh, kind of way. And, yeah. And it's it, that kind of engagement is easier than the doing kind of engagement. Like the competency group mm. is going to require me to do something. Yeah. Whereas the reactive group <laughs> is going to require me to feel something. I can feel something all day long. That's easy. That's Let me go there. Yeah. Except for the eights in your life who are... Well, talk about your relationship with eights because you do have a handful of relationships with eights as well. Yeah, it's it's but often is it about the feelings or is it about well, uh, it, it's it's the two sides of of a coin there. The because the eights with 
nines is a really interesting dynamic because eights are looking to use conflict to test the boundaries and nines are looking to avoid conflict. Yeah. Eights being that reactive emotional, I'm going to tell you why I'm angry and nines being that I want to pretend like the problem doesn't exist. Eights actually help me recognize my own anger and practice conflict in a way that I know will not destroy me. Mm. So I can get into a fight with my eights. And so long as I'm not betraying them, we can have a fight that is immediately over. Mm. I can say whatever I need to say to an eight and it's not going to hurt their feelings. Being aware of that allows you to go to some places you wouldn't ever want to go. Absolutely. See, that's real interesting. Okay. The pop culture uh, reference later. Is going to be an eight nine, and I'll, I'll I'll bring I'll bring that back up because I think that I think that's spot on. Okay, uh, fours. What do fours need from twos, sevens, and nines? Um, I really it's it's the happy. Yeah. Uh, so so fours being so comfortable in their pain and their sadness that that's probably the, the one of the first places that they feel um, conflict is is in the the sort of destructive nature of it. Uh, the positive outlook group is going to be able to say, Hey, it's, it's not going to be, it's, this isn't forever and it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. I know you're sad and it's going to be okay. Let's do something else. How about sixes? Sixes, uh, sixes are, are really interesting with this because they are, um, they're reactive, but they're so stuck in their head that they kind of get into this cycle of, of the, the emotions that they're experiencing in conflict inform their downward spiral of everything falling apart. Yeah, there you go. Mm-hmm. And so the positive, the positive outlook group is, is able to basically like reach out a hand and just, just pull them up a little bit. Yeah. I imagine uh, this is true for ones as well, but for sixes, having the voice in their head. I've heard that this is true of sixes as well, mm-hmm. that there's a self-critical side yeah. um, or here's all the things that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. You partner up with someone who's positive outlook naturally, and it ends up being a foil for the inner dialogue. Right. And, right. and we're not trying to solve the problem. Right. We're trying to say, hey. The thing you're worried about, it's not real and it's going to be okay. And that's, uh, the solving the problem would be a competency move. Right. You, the positive outlook is an emotional move. Right. It's you, you can, you can put on a different emotion here mm-hmm. and here's how this is done. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I imagine that'd be really attractive. Yeah. Um, eights, why do eights, what do eights need from two sevens and nines? Uh, uh, sometimes it's okay to not force your way through the 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 conflict mm-hmm. so eights are very interested in addressing the conflict right now and sometimes it is okay to let that thing go yeah 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 a lot of eight two combinations that i know of again on the romantic side mm-hmm. but i imagine that's part of that is um well there's there's a lot of dynamics there because they're right. on the arrows as well right. So there's the stability there, the, there's the, here's my most secure self, mm-hmm. but eights go into two, just, uh, that seems to me to be a common pairing, mm-hmm. especially romantically that there would be a move toward 
it's not just that I need to let this go, but it's that here, here's, I can surrender my need to protect myself in this space and simply be vulnerable in a very helpful way. And this is how this is done in a positive. Um, and, and, um, the, the need to protect themselves has a lot to do with what their conflict is. Mm-hmm. So, um, it's, it's their, the, they start from that place of ready for battle mm-hmm. and the positive outlook is like, is basically saying, Hey, there's not going to be a fight today. It's, it's all right. You can yeah. go home. It's okay. There you go. That's yeah. again, a value judgment. Yeah. It's, I need to be ready for ba- battle. Right. Well, maybe, um, there's no threat here. It's okay. Yeah. yeah. It's uh, your interpretation. So much of this ends up being interpretation. Mm-hmm. Your interpretation of the world around you may not be as aggressive as, as your, thinking right um and so here's how you can mellow okay so pop culture wise yeah there's the clear doc and marty uh here of a doc who's a positive and marty who's a reactive but my favorite dialogue you're gonna love this because it's so it brings out the enneagram side of this so well is uh walter and the dude from Mm, uh big lebowski yes you got Walter as an aide who's pulling out guns on the bowling alley yeah. floor. And you got the dude who strikes me as a nine for the most part, but is is withdrawn, but is that's his character arc is yeah. being pulled into yeah. conflict and he hates it. And there is a scene where they essentially flip their uh, personality types. Just take it easy, man. I'm perfectly calm, dude. Yeah, waving the gun around? Calmer than you are. I was driving here, I kid you not, and the guy in front of me had a bumper sticker that yeah. said, calmer than you are. Perfect. And I started laughing because yeah. I was like, we're yeah. going to talk about this. Because yeah. this is entirely this is the opposite. Exactly right in conflict situations, too. Because the eight is so comfortable there. Yes. And nines are like, <laughs> I have no idea what's going on. That's so true. Yeah. That's so good. Anyway, the rest of it, there's so many Big Lebowski quotes. I, I had to just say, you know what? I'm not going to quote any of them because yeah. we'll be here all day. That's true. But yeah. the banter between those two strikes me as very much, here's the positive reactive, but yeah. they're in the middle of conflict. Right. So it can't just be all, you know, positive and it can't be all um, the, the reactive side of the Walter character mm-hmm. comes out throughout right. in terms of so much emotion coming yeah. into these yeah. spaces. Um, and yet they navigate things forward. Yeah. Um, in terms of, uh, presidents, the Kennedys strike me as this couple is okay. John's a seven John is a fantastic seven in terms of like, here's all the things we're going to do. I believe that this nation should commit itself to achieving the goal before this decade is out of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth. Yeah. What's more seven-ish than yeah. we're going go go to go to the moon? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, what? Jackie is a six. Uh, likely, I think I, I've seen a handful of lists that have her as either a six or a four. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, it's going to work for our purposes here. But the dynamic there of he is out front, positive, um, doing all the things. And she strikes me as a very, uh, this would not be true of the eights, but she strikes me as a more grounding personality mm-hmm. on the four, six side for that kind of seven energy. Yeah, sure. Um, and yet has a real radar as well and brings a lot of life to that 
couple. But anyway, that would be an example of of someone, you know, a, a partnership that reaches kind of the highest levels. Mm-hmm. Moving to, is this the last one? This is the last one. This is the last one. Competency and reactive, yeah. which are competency is going to be the one, three, fives, cutting off feelings, solve problems, and the reactives who are reacting strongly and need responses from others. Um, initial thoughts on energy of, of this kind of pairing. Yeah, there's, um, as we keep saying, there's, there's good and bad things about uh, these two types, these two triads together um this one's going to be a little more tricky because this is about thinking and feeling and yeah uh so so one is intentionally trying to divorce themselves from feelings while the other one is intentionally trying to say feelings are the thing that matters most so it's hilarious I didn't realize this until you said this. Mm-hmm. I kept looking at my sheet. I'm like, I have no pop culture examples for any of these. Yeah. And then I get to this one, yeah. and I have 20. Oh, there it is. <laughs> because yeah. you have this the one character. All over yeah, the place. This yeah. character thinks, this character feels, and that's the dynamic of your TV show. Yep. You know, or, yep. or your Absolutely. movie or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, They're all Sorry. always doing something. So that one, we don't care about as much. But <laughs> thinking and feeling, that's that's the one. There's also no positivity here. Right, yeah. <laughs> super boring. We're going to take the positive out of this relationship yeah. and throw them into a situation. Perfect. Go ahead, anyway. Yeah. Sorry. So uh, the reactive type are going to want to address the emotional energy of the conflict. We want to know how we relate to each other. We want to know that the other person understands how we feel and we want to know that they feel the same way or we want to address the differences there. And the competency group is saying there's a problem that needs to be solved. Feelings be damned. Yeah. Yeah. The positive there is that there's real complementary energy. Yeah, absolutely. The negative there, and I imagine a lot of couples, especially romantic couples are going to experience this is you don't understand why that person is so emotional. Yeah. Or really on the flip side, you're fighting about completely different things. Ooh, there it is. Yeah. Yeah. But on the, well, on the flip side to finish the thought is the other person is, why are you being so logical? You need to go to this emotional place with me. Right. And that's the, or stop, (gasps) stop trying to solve my problem. I Uh, want you to, I want to know how you feel. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Well, so to back up there for a second then, Mm -hmm. um, on fighting about totally different things. Yeah. Talk about that. So I referenced, uh, loading the dishwasher earlier and this is just a, a super common. This is a thing that, that married couples talk about. There's, it's, in stand up, it's it's all over the place. Loading sh- the dishwasher. I should use that as an example throughout this whole thing. It, how, yeah. How does the reactive and reactive easily fight about work. the dishwasher? We all have a sense that people fight about loading the dishwasher. You know what's hilarious? You may not care at all, but you know people who do. <laughs> I kid you not. I'm at the bank today. I had a meeting and yeah. I had and I got a text that said you didn't load the dishwasher. Yeah. Because <laughs> this happens. This is a real thing that people fight about. And so when a reactive and competency group, uh, when these two types are trying are fighting about loading the dishwasher. <clears throat> 
The competency group is literally fighting about what they think is the most appropriate way to load the dishwasher. Yep. And you are doing it incorrectly. And we need to solve this problem. And the reactive group is fighting about the fact that this is so important that we have to fight about it. Yes. Okay. Talk about that. The There is... I've heard this quite a few times from reactive types of, I don't know why we keep fighting about this thing. Right. And so that's actually the fight. Yeah. And this is, this is true for all three interactions. Okay. I don't know why we're fighting about this thing. Oh, there you go. Because yeah, yeah. they're seeing it from a totally different perspective. Uh, One is about the emotional reaction of themselves and the other type. Yeah. One is about solving the problem with logic and competency. And yes. one is about ignoring the problem until it goes away on its own. Yeah. See, this is where I could imagine someone who's a kid who has parents who are competent, reactive, and they're the positive outlook. And they're just like, hey, everything's going to be fine. Right. We're just fine. Yeah. I don't yeah. know where it's just, <laughs> and, it's just fine. I'll do the dishes. It's fine. Yes. Yeah. There's family dynamic. Yeah. I mean, but that's real. That's yeah. exactly oh, yeah. what's going on in that yeah. situation, Absolutely. right? yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so then... Uh, Negative side of competency and reactive is exactly that. Yeah. Is we're fighting about things and we haven't put a name to them. Mm -hmm. And if you are unaware that you and the other person that you're fighting with are speaking across this gulf, yeah. then you're always shooting past each other. Yeah. You're always, you're, you're basically speaking in different languages and you cannot understand why the other person doesn't understand you. Yeah. This is, I mean, not to toot our own horn, but I'm going to do it. <laughs> Great. This is why this is so important. Exactly. The material is like, I'm going to give a name for the motives that I have. And this is what I'm arguing about. And this is where, this is what I need. This is what my, this is where my desires come from. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to put language to that. Yeah. And I need you to meet me in that space. Yep. And if you can't meet me in that space, then we don't have a relationship. Right. I mean, what's actually taking place is exactly that. You don't have a relationship because you're you're talking past each other and there's no connection. And the thing is, is relationships require connection or you've right. you've separated. Right. Um the on the on the positive side of this. Yeah. Um we can see a lot of, of, of power and strength and, and solving things, like addressing conflict in really, really valuable ways that set examples for the world when these two different groups can come across that, that void. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. you have addressing the emotional mm. status of both people while also solving the actual problem. Yeah. Ugh, that's money. Yeah, it's the potential there is yep. enormous. Yep. I think that's, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. The, it comes across in some pop culture. Well, let's, no, let's go around the circle with these. Oh, so yeah. ones, what do ones need from fours, sixes, and eights in their lives? Uh, ones need to get in touch with the fact that they are operating out of a place of emotion. Mm. Ones very easily think that they are objective when they are not. Mm -hmm. And so solving this problem, sometimes the problem that you're trying to solve is actually, it, 
unimportant and the problem that you're ignoring has to do with your interaction with the person that's in front of you. How does the reactive person expose that or bring, I, I'm missing the connection there. So, <laughs> I don't see what the problem is here. <laughs> so it's it's often the case that that ones are going to be looking at this the the situation the conflict whatever's in front of them and saying, okay, let's let's come up with a solution. Let's let's figure out like what's what's the right way to do things. What's what's uh, I I know how to improve things and I I that is what I bring to the table and what the other person is actually just trying to get from them is how do you feel about this? Or, or it's entirely possible that the reactive type is just venting, just saying, I need to get this emotion out of me. Ooh, there it is. Yeah. And then the one comes and says, okay, let's solve your problem. Well, that certainly is what the one's going to bring to the table. Right. All the time with reactives, it's like, oh, I hear your emotion. Mm-hmm. I bet we can make this better. Right. Well, I imagine that's going to be the same, the same with threes as well. Yeah, but from a different place. The one is trying to solve the problem because we want to improve things. Yeah. I, I have, I have, I I know how to make your life better. Yeah. So let me tell you about I know how to solve the right this thing conflict. To do here. Yeah. yeah. But the, the three, three is ignoring their emotions for the sake of their success or their appearance of success. So the so the four, six, and eight are going to say, "Hey, we need to pause and let me and let's talk about your heart." Yep, because yep. it's not about the show. Yep. It's not about the exterior right. mask. We're yeah, gonna, we're going to drive you in. We're, we're going to get in touch with what the feeling center of this conflict is. Yeah, there you go. And I imagine that's true of fives. Yeah, is it's the same thing as the five needs to needs find there. to draw out. Yeah, it needs to go ahead, talk yeah. about that. So um, the fives are, are sort of going to retreat into like figuring out what the solution is. Yeah. And the, the four, six, eight, the reactive group is going to draw them out into a place where, where like you're not going to find the solution in a book. We actually have to do this together. Mm. It's again, one of my favorite combos here is Holmes and Watson and mm. that, what does Watson bring to the table? It never feels like he brings anything to the table when I look at it, but that's what he's bringing to the table. Yeah. He's bringing, draw, draw yeah. you out. You're a human being interacting with other human beings. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 Ooh, come on. <laughs> TJ smiled real quick there. Cause he was like, I understand why you don't see what the <laughs> value is here. <laughs> uh, fours. Uh, what do fours gain on the opposite side? What do fours gain from one, three, and five? So fours are going to be so comfortable in that realm of emotion that it, it's very easy for fours to stay there and for that to be the only thing that they're ever focusing on. And and the competency group is going to be able to help draw the four out of that place to be able to say there is something that needs to be done here Mm -hmm. we can talk about our feelings all day long but there actually is something that has to be done and we're going to do that thing in order to solve the problem instead of just talking about how we feel about it Ooh, yeah there you go Uh, right sixes sixes getting one what from ones threes and fives uh, so we've talked about sixes being sort of stuck in that spiral, uh, the unproductive thinking. They uh, what this thing is going to lead to this bad thing, which is going to lead to this bad thing, which is going to lead to this bad thing, and all of a sudden, I'm stuck on the streets, 
and uh, I have no support and everything is in my whole life has fallen apart. And the ones, threes and fives are going to be able to say, actually, here's your solution and we can, we can just do this right now. Mm. And all of those other future things that you're worried about, don't worry about them because here's the thing that will actually solve your problem. Yeah. Boom. Eights. Eights are going to be uh, reminded that they're not alone, that they're not the only person that uh, experiences that that need to accomplish things. And so they're going to be able to to have someone else sort of move them out of that reactive place to be able to say, let's go do this together. Let's I, we know there's a problem and we're going to address it together right now. Yeah. Is there a analysis that comes from the one threes and fives for the eights energy? One of our good eight friends says, I need permission to shoot blanks, which actually might be a good thing for all the aggressive numbers, three sevens and eights to say to their loved ones. Oh, sure. Yeah. Is, is yeah. I'm feeling repressed. Sometimes I, I just I, need to spew. I, <clears throat> I speak without thinking. Yeah. And, and, it comes across as heartless, yeah, ruthless at times. Yeah, I need permission to do that, and I'll I'll try my best to temper it. But mm-hmm. the one, three, and five can disconnect their own emotions from mm-hmm. the blanks, yep. and move in relationship with the eight in healthy, productive ways. Which maybe the eight won't experience other places because, right. um, like, oh, this person is analyzing the 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 anger that i have mm-hmm. um i've heard i heard of one famous athlete that he was a he's like a, a fire in a building if you if you direct the the fire into into productive ways it can heat the whole building right but if you don't it's just going to set the whole th- place on fire right and it seems to me the 135 might be that kind of complementary almost and, a, a funnel yeah, for, for the eights. Yeah. Well, and the, the eights in conflict, eights are going to come out with anger. Yeah. And the one, three, five is going to be able to disconnect from being hurt by that anger and say, okay, now that that anger is out, let's find a solution. Mm-hmm. And so, so being a, a safe place to, like our friend said, shoot blanks. And then immediately move into action, mm-hmm. which is a big part of what the eight is looking for. Yeah. So, in pop culture, what's interesting about this pairing is, depending on who the aggressive type is, mm-hmm. oftentimes you have a leader who is the competency group, mm-hmm. or you have the leader, as it were, who's the reactive group. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of times there's an eight who is the energy of the relationship. Right. Um, so I, I mentioned masters and commanders, but the Captain Aubrey character is the leader, and he has a doctor partner um, who's a five, and there's very clearly, you know, the eight is leading, the five is is a complementary trying to funnel the fire. Mm-hmm. But that can flip. So like yeah. somebody like Seinfeld and George strike me as this kind of couple where, where Seinfeld's more the, the, the person who's the more the leader in that relationship mm-hmm. and George is all the energy and sure. emotional re- energy following Seinfeld. And, but there's the banter and there's the dynamic of that relationship. Sure. Um, and I said it before, but Holmes and Watson, I think are 
one of the better examples of this, that Holmes is clearly the leader in that relationship, but it's a withdrawn energy, but and it's a competency kind of energy. Mm-hmm. And Watson ends up bringing in that necessary emotion to the relationship and yeah. that and that becomes the banter that becomes yeah. the, the energy um it strikes me that this is where the trumps are i'm convinced that that donald trump is a three um you you put your name on all your buildings yeah that strikes me as the three-ish thing to right. do i mean a right. lot of folks have pointed out that that he struggles with deceit and 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 the mask of mm-hmm. i want people to see me in a certain way and so i'm going to talk about myself in a very strong way mm-hmm. and project that outward and i really want to be the one who dominates the news cycle right I and mean, that that just strikes me whether or not that's healthy or not that ends up being i think his posture in terms of how he gets things he's obviously risen to a very high position i've seen a handful of lists that put melania as a six True. and so but i think that heart side that you were kind of saying ends up coming out in her so mm. what her project right now is be best mm. about online bullying and there is something about um that the emotional side yeah uh famously she likewise brought her family over um in the family i think she's real aware of family dynamics yeah. and pr- protective of her her folks were mm-hmm. but but she brought her folks over recently and anyway i mean it's just this that that strikes me as kind of the energy there yeah um uh anything else on uh competency reactive no that's what we got so. my man yeah and uh i found way lessons learned I found myself going all sorts of places because we said this before Mm -hmm. when we were prepping this podcast that there's not a lot of material on this. Right. So we're going to get in front of microphones and talk and see what comes out. Yeah. And, and, and like we mentioned this, this material and really spending time in this material and sort of developing it with the people in our lives has been some of the most helpful relationship counseling that we've ever experienced because just being able to say to someone else this is how i view problems and hear from someone else that this is how they are viewing their problems all of a sudden we recognize that we're talking about apples and oranges yeah i would love to say a personal note on that because i would love to hear what you would say in terms of your own um marriage but in my family one, three, five. Mm-hmm. My wife is a three. My youngest son is a five. Yeah. We all solve problems competently. Mm-hmm. But then my oldest son is an eight. Yeah. And he is a hand grenade that goes off at times. Yeah. And the three of us look at him and because and we actually at times have a unhealthy tendency to tribe up yeah. and say, you know, here's the emotional one in the family. Right. Or something like that, which is which is not okay. Cause right. it's like, look, you gotta understand the types and the and what each type brings to the table. Mm-hmm. And it is love to meet um people who have different coping styles in that space. Yeah. Understand how they're processing problems. Yeah. And at cost to yourself engage them at that level mm-hmm. now you have so that would be like competency and reactive but similarly on the, on the yeah. flip side you have a reactive uh positive outlook mm-hmm. uh, marriage my yeah my partner is a is six and she um learning this about our uh the way that we both address conflict like she actually she defers to me in a lot of ways about um she is reactive to 
how I present. So um, I am positive outlook and she defers to me in a lot of ways in, in that. So she, so she sort of adopts the positive outlook because like that's, that's a big part of what sixes do. Cause um, they're reacting in their stance, right? Reactive in their coping style and reactive in their stance. Yep. Um, so, uh, but she is the person who reminds me about the things that aren't being addressed. And, and she'll bring that emotional reaction to the table when I just honestly forgot about the problem. Mm. And, and she'll, she'll bring an emotional, and it's like, I because I want to care for her, I want to love her, and I want her to feel safe and, and understood, that has helped me wake up a lot to the things that I ignore. Um, and it's helped the, just knowing that 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 this is how we come to problems together. It's it's it allows me to to treat her in in ways that are more helpful for her, and for her to treat me in ways that are more helpful to me. And yeah, bang, yeah. Knowing this stuff is so valuable. If you can put a name. I suppose if in summary, the thing that has struck me on this front is again, if you can put a name to how you process um, problems, um, it takes so much of the energy out of, you know, what are often difficult situations. Yeah. And at least how you're processing doesn't itself become the problem. Right. Because again, how you fight is vastly more important than anything you're fighting about. Right. Um, if you love this person, if you're in community with this person, if you're going in the same direction as this person, the problem is just a it's a it's a it's a boulder in the middle of the road. Right. The car is what matters. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. a silly analogy, but you get it. Yeah. It's like we need to make sure this sucker has four tires and we'll we'll deal with the boulder. Yeah. Um, but but we gotta make sure that, that our that we are moving together um in healthy, productive ways that we grow yeah. together and don't um don't don't maul each other yeah. on, on the highway. So we are going to hit the affect groups next time. Mm -hmm. Affect groups, again, are about uh, affections and how we get the love that we desire. Mm -hmm. um, anything that we're saying as a teaser? Uh, I've, I, we've mentioned this a little bit, but like we'll really get into, into it when we get there. This is new material. This is, there is not a lot of information out there about these uh, about this particular yeah. set, and uh, we're pilgrims. Yeah, we are. We're adventurers, we're front frontiersmen. Uh, <laughs> sure, we're, we uh. we got. We're putting on our. Uh, if I say Christopher Columbus, I all of a sudden see. Yeah, no, that's that, wrong. That's the wrong <laughs> analogy. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're getting uh, basically all of the famous explorers. We cannot use those. <laughs> if you were. How about Neil Armstrong? Is okay, that, there we go. Yeah, he yeah. seems like a good guy. Great. Yeah. Actually, did you see that movie? No. First Man. It'll wreck you. It's sure. a gorgeous film. It's it's uh if the flight to the moon was filmed documentary style by hipsters, mm -hmm. this is what it would look like. Sure, yeah. 
Um, so here's the thing. We communicate through Twitter at Enneagram Circle and on Instagram at Around the Circle Podcast. The music is by The Collection out of Greensboro, North Carolina, and Tim Coons from right here in Greeley, Colorado. The best thing you can do to keep these podcasts going is to just hit subscribe. Even better, share this with a friend who may enjoy it, that you could banter about it with, who might likewise subscribe. We do events. We are presently booked through 2019, but we are booking for 2020. We do one-day and two-day events for up to 250 people, and we do leadership teams up to 20. If you really like this podcast, give us some stars, give us a comment. Apparently, this doesn't help us get more traffic on iTunes, right. but it actually matters to TJ and I to hear what you say. There's been about 25 of you that have said some some stuff, and it means a lot to us and, and gives us some energy. So Unless much, you have something bad to say, then just skip it. <laughs> it's, it's just not worth it. <laughs> he is TJ Wilson, and he is officially awesome, and I'm Jeff Cook, and we will see you next time. 